Well, this morning I'm going to continue on this series. Honestly, this series is, uh, uh, I believe, very timely, timely, timely for so many people. Uh, you go through so much in life, and I know that you do, all of us do, and we, we're going to talk about some of those things today. And uh, our tendency is to raise the fl- white flag and so I've entitled this message to burn the white flag. When you raise the white flag, you're saying, I quit. I'm done. I'm, uh, it's over. And, and God's saying, no, it's not over till it's over. And, and so uh, many times we, we uh, raise the white flag. We need to burn it and say, we're done with this. And we're, we're, uh, we're going to continue on and we're not going to quit in any way. So... Uh, so today, I've entitled today's message, There's Too Much There's too much to Be Discouraged. Too much that God has for us to be discouraged. How many of you agree with that? Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And right now, you may not be experiencing that abundant life in your family, in your finances, in your uh, physical body, or, or wh- wherever in your life. You may not be experiencing that. But I'm here to tell you, don't get discouraged. That's the worst thing that you could do is get discouraged because when you get discouraged, I'm going to tell you what comes out, and it's the white flag. And so what we want to do is I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that's been our uh, basis for this whole series, and it's found in Luke chapter 18 in verse 1. And we're going to look at that, and I'm going to launch off of that this morning and get into today's message because I think it's going to not only it's, it, it's not it's not only going to encourage you, but it's going to inspire you to keep going uh, forward with what God has placed in your heart. And uh, and besides that, I think there's far too many people that are are quitting, and they don't realize when you quit, not only does it affect you, your life, your family, but it affects also a church community. It, church, it affects your church in that we're not everything that we could be when you're quitting in things in your life that you shouldn't be quitting on. Uh, and it, it just, just does something in you whenever you quit uh, moving forward. We're not to be uh, maintainers in life, we're to be ground gainers. We're not to just get by, we're to, we're to be achievers in the kingdom of God, achieving everything that God has for us. Amen? amen. Can I have an amen out there? Amen. Okay. And so Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, then Jesus talking here, then he spoke a parable to them and said this, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Notice here that it says that we ought to always pray. That means don't give up on your prayer life. That means that you should have a prayer life in your life. If, if, you're, if you don't have a prayer life going on in your life, then I'm going to tell you, you're going to see the white flag coming up more often than, than need be in your life. And it goes on to say, don't lose heart. And in the original text, in the original uh, scripture, uh, it was written in the Greek in the New Testament, and when you look in the Greek, here are some meanings of that word, don't lose heart. And I want to give that to you. It means to faint. To faint. Have you ever fainted before? I, I've passed out before. <laughs> I, and I don't, we don't need to go there, but I've passed out before. And, yeah, what happened? And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, godly either, but anyhow... Uh, and so don't faint. It says to, to, it means to, to faint. It means to turn 
out to be a coward. When we cower down, when we just draw back when we ought to be moving forward, when we, we, when we quit instead of continuing on, that means to be a coward. It also means to lose courage. And that's what we're going to be talking today, uh, that we don't need to lose courage. Don't be discouraged. It also means to be slothful in duty. And, and, and so many times we, we just start getting by instead of being the people that God wants us to be, doing the things that God wants us to do. We just get by. Well, it's just good enough. No, it ain't good enough. If it is not the best that you could do, it's not good enough. Amen. Isn't that right? So it means to, to lose soul or heart, to grow weary, weary, literally means to throw in the towel. It's like, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. And then it also means to wave the white flag. And I, I was thinking about this. In, in any, any military, any, uh, in any nation, they never go into battle with a white flag. They never go in with the intent of, of, of surrendering. And, 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 and so it means to wave the white flag. It also means to give up. There's not anybody that has ever gone into battle with that intent, with that in mind, thinking that I'm going to quit. And, and, and too many times, I think so many times, we have this, this exit plan. If it doesn't work out, then I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And I'm here to tell you, as God's people, we're, we're called to be victors, Amen. victorious, to be more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. We're called to be the head and not the tail, above only and but not beneath. We're called to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Everything that we set our hands to is blessed. And I'm going to tell you that in the process of moving forward, there's going to be circumstances. I understand that. There's going to be situations where, uh, that are going to present themselves uh, that will try to get us to be discouraged. And if we get discouraged, then we'll wave the white flag. And uh, my son was telling me this, and he reminded me of this, of that. Uh, the, the, that back in 1519, there was a guy by the name of Cortez, and, uh, and it, he, he arrived in the New World, and it was about a, uh, 600 men with him that arrived, and, uh, and when they got into the New World, they destroyed, they burned all their ships, saying, we're not, in other words, we're, we're either going to make this happen, or we're going to die trying. And I'm here to tell you, as God's people, we're called to be what God's called us to be and not give up. And that means in any and every area of your life. Amen, amen, and amen. And so what I want to do is I've been using a, I've been using a scripture also combined with uh, Luke chapter 18. And it's Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to take you there and just quickly, as quickly as I can, just recap some stuff for you. If you've not been with us and tracking with us, I want to recap some stuff with you. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we'll start there. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every, get this, let us lay aside every what? Every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares. So easily puts us in bondage. So easily causes us to quit. So easily ensnares us. 
And then it goes on to say, looking unto Jesus, and let us, oh, let us run this race with endurance that is set before us. And then it goes on, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God, uh, the right hand of God, let's back up, right, right hand of the throne of God, and then let's go on, thank you. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest we become weary and discouraged in your souls. What's interesting about this, it's packed, packed with words. I, I love words. I love to uh, examine words because words uh, define things for us. And we need to get, we need to, we, we need to get God's definition concerning particular words. I said this last week, you know, we might define uh, faithfulness one way, but what does the word really mean in the original uh, uh, meaning that God intended for it to mean? What is really, what does it mean to be faithful? I think if every one of us uh, defined the word faithful, uh, every one of us would probably define it differently. But how does God define faithfulness? And so the same here is that there's different words in this whole Hebrews chapter 12 that we've been looking at. And the first one is that Bible says lay aside every weight, every weight. What does that word weight mean? And it has a lot of definition, but for the sake of time, I'm going to narrow it down to this. It means, it means pressure because of circumstances. Can't, I mean, honestly, let's think about it. Can't the pressures of life and circumstances weigh us down to the point where it ensnares us easily, where we're just weighed down by all the things, all the things that are going on in life, and, 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 and this is happening, and that's happening, and, and we're just weighed down. And so that's where a lot of people find themselves. They find themselves weighed down with a pressure because of circumstances. And the Bible goes on to say not only every weight, but every sin. And that, that word sin is just missing the mark. And, and let me tell you about missing the mark. It means anything that, that, that uh, will take our eyes off of Jesus. Anything that, that pulls us away from what God has for us to do with our life and through our life. And so that means the cares of this world, the lust of other things, the, you know, all these other things that creep in and choke the word, the Bible says. They'll choke the word in our life. And then there was another word in there that I loved that I, I wanted us to see, and that's the word, the Bible says, run with endurance. It doesn't say just get by. Doesn't, it, it doesn't just say, you know, just, you know, casual, be casual about this. Your Christian walk is serious. It's serious thing in that you can make a huge impact with your life. You can make a life-giving difference within and through your life that will change not only the world, but it can rock somebody's world if you'll just live your life for Him. Amen? And so we need to live our life with endurance. That word endurance means patience. Too many times we're impatient with, with people, with life, with circumstances, and we, we give up too quickly. We're not willing to keep going in, in, in our pursuits of, of God, in the things of God. It means to bear up under. It means the quality of character that uh, does not allow itself to surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. So we're to run with endurance to the, with, with, with a persistence, a, an assist, I mean, I mean, just persisting to go forward in what God has for us. I love that. 
Man, we're to be different as, as God's people than, than other people in this world. And how do we do that? Looking unto Jesus. That word looking, that word looking means fixed. We're to fix our eyes on him. That we're not to look at anything else that will take our eyes off of him. It also means to perceive. And, and we talked about that last week. And our perception rules us. How we perceive things rule us. Reality is what we perceive it to be, whether right, right or wrong. When we perceive something to be a certain way, whether it's right or wrong, that's what we call real. And there's a lot of people that their reality, their perception is, is their reality, but, and their, their reality is just totally wrong. And so we need to have the right perception of, of what God sees and how he sees not only our life, but what he wants to do through our life in our circumstances. And that's what we're going to talk about today is our circumstances. Uh, don't get discouraged because circumstances don't go your way. Because you're not alone. Happens for everybody. And, so, and, and then it says uh, that we're not to grow weary. It tells us not to grow weary. And that word weary means to grow tired of, become faint-hearted, weak, feeble, to, to have it badly. I mean, you have it badly right now. Maybe you're going through some stuff. And to grow impatient and dissatisfied and break down and to crumble. And so, so with that being said, we've looked at a number of things this, these, uh, over these weeks. And today, I just want to launch into uh, to what we're talking about. And that there's too much to be discouraged. There's too much that God has for us to be discouraged. Too much. Too much good things. And I looked up that word discouraged, and it means losing heart. It means relaxing, fainting in our minds, becoming despondent. Stop trying. If you found yourself, just stop trying. It means to lose hope, to cease to be able. I like that. To cease to be able means that you were able. And then... You stop being able. You, you, you had the ability, but you, you gave up the ability. You cease to be able. means to let our heart turn into water. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So as I thought about this, I was thinking, well, what is it that, uh, that causes us to lose our courage, to become discouraged in our life? How, what is it that comes in, creeps in into our life that does that? And, and I begin to research scripture and I begin to study this out and listen to messages and, and, and just meditate and pray about it and ponder it. And, and there's a few things that I came up with that probably is not a, a full list of things, but some things that I believe that will allow us, uh, if we allow it, will cause us to to be discouraged. And the first one is this, and it's the displeasures of life. The displeasures of life. There's going to be things that that just aren't very they're just not very pleasurable. They're not, not very uh, pleasing. They're not very uh, satisfying in our life. Things that we have to go through. Things that we struggle with. Whether in relationships or work or ministry or, you know, I said this I think last week or week before, that ministry can be brutal, that it can be 
it can be beautiful and brutal at the same time. And in John 16, let me, let me take you to this scripture, very familiar if you read your Bible. It says this, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. That word tribulation means temptations, tests, and trials. In the world you will have t- tribulation, but be of good You know the root word of that word cheer is courage. Be of good courage, for I have overcome the world. Let me read this to you at the Amplified. I love it at the Amplified. It says, I have told you these things things, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation, trials, and distress, and frustration. Some of you are frustrated. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident. Certain, uh, be certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That's what Jesus says, amen? He's done that for us. And let me tell you, let me just say this. None of us enjoy displeasure. None of us get up praying for it, looking for it, but all of us have it. All of us get it. The Bible says in this world you're going to have these displeasures in your life. You're going to have things that are going to come to you. Here's the problem is that not everybody processes through them successfully. Everybody has them. So what's the difference between this person that's enjoying life and accomplishing and achieving and, and doing great things from God for God and the person that's not doing those things and quitting and just always, always seem to be struggling in their, in their walk with God? What's the difference? The difference is in the process. Some people process well. Some people not so well. Some people, uh, we're all going through some of the same... Well, you don't know. You don't understand. Oh, I probably understand better than you understand. It's just that I'm processing, processing better than you, uh, you are in your life. And so we need a process. Most people, instead of, instead of, instead of processing, they purge. They, 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 they eliminate. They eliminate uh, God's values, God's kingdom, God's th- just the godly things that they should be doing in their life. They eliminate those things in their life. When you go through stuff, how do you stay encouraged when you're discouraged? You've got to process well. What does the scripture say? Get negative? Murmur, complain, gripe, throw fits, get frustrated, cuss, drink, smoke, snort, uh, punch, kick. You know, what, what do you do? The Bible says count it all joy when you fall into various trials, temptations, tests in your life. The Bible says think on these things. Those things that are lovely, of good report, those things that, you know, those things that are praiseworthy. See, these are processes. You, you have to process well in order to have uh, that courage to stay in you, to, to be courageous to keep on going, rather than being discouraged and wanting to quit. The Bible tells us that we're to rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. That we're to keep the right attitude and it tells us that we're to give thanks in all things. Not for all things, but in all things. Give thanks. It's a process. When you're, get, when you're going through stuff, when stuff hits you, and, it's, and it does, it hits us all. 
when there's a death in the family, when you're, there's a loss of, some, of something, and when, when maybe you were anticipating something to happen for you one way and it, it, and, and it happened another way, what do you do? I was thinking about who's a good biblical illustration of this, and I thought about Joseph. At the age of 17, he got a dream from God. Oh, gosh, don't we all want a dream from God? I have one. I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm fulfilling the dream. I'm moving forward in the dream. And I believe that all of us are to be moving in the dream that God has for us. But too many people aren't because they got discouraged and they, they're, they're going through the motions. They're, 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 there's some activity in their life and they're doing some things, but they're not doing everything that God has for them because they got discouraged and they put their dream on the shelf. But not Joseph. His brothers were jealous. They plotted to kill him. Thank God my brothers didn't plot to kill me. Some church members maybe, but not, not my brothers. But, but, you know, they plotted to kill him. Instead of killing him, they would throw him, threw him in a hole. And then they said, well, let's make some money. They sold him into slavery. And, and, and 13 years later, God took him, and without going into all the story, God took him from, he took him from the, the prison and placed him into the palace. Amen. And if you look at his story, he was not a murmurer, he was not a complainer. The Bible kept continually saying, and God was with him, and God was with him, and God was with him, and God was with him. Why? Because he kept his heart encouraged. He kept his heart encouraged. He was falsely accused of of rape and thrown in prison because he wanted to keep a pure heart before God. Yet he continued on. He knew how to process. When we process correctly in the middle of our trials, in our situations, our circumstances, when we do it God's way, we get God's results. It may take a while, but I'm going to tell you, you will rise to the top like ice cream in a Coke. That sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it? Some food sounds pretty good of any kind right now. The Bible tells us in the midst of everything that's going on, cast not only some, but all of our cares on Him. First Peter, part of the process, First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him, for He cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you carefully. We have to believe that God works out all things for our good. We have to have a faith that in the middle of our trial, in the middle of our circumstance, in the middle of our struggle, the middle of that relationship that seems to be a little difficult right now, that God's going to work out the best. Too many times we take things into our own hands. And, and, and what do we do? The most probably uh, uh, thing that people do is they quit rather than keep moving forward in what God has for them. It's good preaching. And so we've got to watch it. And so Hebrews, again, in Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verse 3, it says, For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Let me read that to you in another translation. I love this other translation. It says, So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners, 
who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. Somebody needs to hear this today. Your circumstances don't need to get you down. Your circumstances don't need to, to set you back. A matter of fact, if you respond correctly, process correctly, God will use your circumstances to, as a, a catalyst to, to, and, a, and a, a, as, a, as a means to get you to where you need to get. It's amazing how jo- Joseph went from a prison to the palace. He used that pit prison experience to get him into the palace, if you read that whole story. Amen? So, so we've got we've to be careful. And, and, and we, we need to be careful with the displeasures of life. There's going to be things that are displeasing in life. And we've got to be careful of that. Let me give you another one. The insecurities of people. The insecurities of people can creep in and, and discourage us. Uh, you remember, you remember the, in Numbers chapter 13 on the children of Israel when uh, the 12 spies were sent in and 10 spies came back. And it says this in verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Insecurity. Many times we listen to the insecurities of people. We listen to the second opinion rather than God's opinion. How many times are we, are we doing that in life where we're, we're, in, we're, in, we're, uh, we're, we, we're inviting and even listening to the insecurities of, of others or even our own insecurities? Insecurities means this. It means a disrep- disapproval. It means objections. Uh, it means dislikes or dissatisfactions, distaste. Criticisms, condemnation, different things like that that we allow to come in and, and creep in. And, and uh, the, I, I remember reading this once that uh, every one of us, uh, on average, we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. Like right now, even as I'm t- talking, you're listening, but at the same time as listening, you're thinking. It's incredible how God created us. Like 60,000 thoughts a day. And, and I don't know how they came up with these statistics, but they said the average person, uh, out of those 60,000 thoughts per day, 80% of them are negative. 80% of our thoughts are negative. Why? Because of the insecurities in our life. We, all of us are insecure in some areas, and we've got to watch that. We need to watch that we're not listening to the insecurities and what's going to keep us back from moving forward in what God has for us. Insecurities. It's crazy, the, the, the things that we have to sift through. Um... One of the things that God had to deal with Joshua at the very beginning of taking over the leadership when Moses died, after they came out of the wilderness, uh, the ten spies went in, convinced a whole nation because of their insecurities, convinced a whole two million people, and uh, two million, I might say, insecure people, to not go in into the promised land. And let me tell you, God has a great promised land for us as a church. For you as a family, for you as an individual. 
And one of the biggest struggles probably in any church, any family, in any individual is the insecurities within, the, with, within those, uh, the, those people. There's so much that... I, I've got more vision than, than we have funding. I've got more vision than we've got people right now. And, and, and what's going to keep us uh, back if not insecurity? We need to move forward in what God has for us. Amen? Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, 7, 9, and 18. It says, Be strong and of good courage, for this people you shall divide an inheritance of the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Listen to this, but only be strong and very courageous. Let's look at uh, verse 9. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courageous, or good courage. And then if you look at verse 18, it says, uh, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that I have commanded him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Four different times you see God emphasizing be courage, courageous, be of good courage, be strong. He's saying don't be insecure. Your insecurities will keep you back from what I have for you. Let me give you one more thought. And that's this. Another thing that if we allow it, that caused discouragement in our life. And that's uh, the contagiousness of discouragement. Did you know that discouragement is contagious? I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, Lord, what illustration can I give on this? Because I, you, know, you know that the, the children in Israel, that those t- out of those ten people, it spread to two million people. I mean, it spread. I was thinking about this. Back when we first started the church, I'm embarrassed by this. And uh, but back when we first started the church, we came in, and uh, within a month's time of moving into Tyler, I think it was a little over a month, we started the church. And we had re- rented a facility. We went in and re- renovated that facility, made it church-friendly. Uh, I mean, did all kinds of work inside, outside. And, and uh, it was uh, outside the city limits. And so I was out there and burning some, some uh, there was a lot of pine trees. And I was burning, burning some pine needles and some trash and that type of thing. And, and I, I and, you know, started a fire and, and uh, was next door to a house and, and some other property. And, and anyway, you, you're smiling, baby, because you remember this. And so I started that fire and went in for a little bit. Went into the church for a minute and not long, and that fire spread into the neighbor's yard, and I mean it. It. it I mean quickly, it went up a pine tree. The fire had gotten so big it went. It had spread around this big old propane tank, and that start that propane tank started going. Shooting out flames out of the top. I know it was wrong. <laughs> got a, I got a retired fire chief here saying, "Put the cuffs on him." I was scared, man. I thought that thing was going to blow. I thought it was going to blow. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Without going into all the story, yes, the fire pe- people came and they turned it out, and thank God, and the tree died because it, you know, it got torched. And big old tall pine tree. And uh, 
and my neighbors didn't like me, and he's dead now, unfortunately, but, uh, but anyway, uh, has nothing to do with this story, but I thought you needed to know. It had nothing to do with the fire either. Oh, yeah, I might add that. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Um, but the story, the moral of the story is, is that just a little bit, just a little fire spread fast. A little bit of discouragement can do the same. When we heed discouragement in others, people get discouraged and they start saying it and it comes out of their mouth. You've got to be careful because some, most people don't process well. And they start, they start spewing out criticism and condemnation and their negativism and all of that kind of stuff. And, and guess what happens? It spreads. And what does it do when it spreads? It destroys. It destroys dreams. It destroys churches. It destroys visions. It destroys, it destroys uh, potential. It, it destroys promises that God gives. And everyone is, and I, I go back. Every one of us are going to face discouraging circumstances. I'm not going to say that it's not going to come knocking at your door. I, get dis- I, I mean, I can get discouraged all the time, but when it comes, I have to process well. I have to make sure that I process it right in order to stay encouraged, to be of good courage, to be of strong and good courage in my life. Is that making sense? And so let me just, let me just say a couple of things here. Uh, let me just say a couple of things. Remember that that word discourage also means to let our heart turn into water. I got thinking about water. What does water do? Water can freeze. We can allow our heart to freeze, to grow cold. And to grow cold means to be insensitive to God, become more sensitive to our circumstance, our pressures, our situations, rather than being sensitive to what God's doing, what he wants to do behind the scenes. When, where we may not see him working, he's still working. If we're releasing our faith and acting in faith and doing what God wants, don't let your, gro- don't let your heart grow f- cold in God. Another thing that, water, that happens with water is that water can evaporate. And our heart can, you know, once when it's been once engaged in what God has for us, it can evaporate and we can get, become disengaged with what God wants for us and wants to do through us in our life. Another thing that water does is it always seeks its lo- the lowest level to travel. It's always going to seek the lowest level. That means it's always going to take the path of least resistance. And let me tell you, Taking the path of least resistance in our life is not always God. Just because it's, it may be difficult doesn't mean that God's not in it. And so you need, to, you need to make sure that you're going forward unless you just absolutely know that God wants you to, uh, to change directions or whatever. You stay engaged. You stay doing what God wants you to do. And you watch until you see the salvation of the Lord show up on your behalf. Amen? What are you settling for? What are you, what are you just tolerating in life that you need to, you need to just press through and go on and, 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 and get what God has for you? Gosh, I had so much more. Here's the point. A little small thing can spread fast. 
Galatians says it this way, and I close with this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9, it says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. It doesn't take much to spread, much discouragement to spread through your whole heart, your whole life, your relationships, your circumstances. Guys, watch, watch who you're listening to, who's leading you. Those ten, not only were they ten spies that went in, they were ten leaders that went in. Make sure, and we're all leading somebody. Make sure you're watching who, who, who's leading you, and make sure you watch that you lead right those that you're leading. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we